Section 12 of The Age of Anne by Edward Ellis Morris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 12. Later Campaigns in Spain. Section 1. The Three Years That Followed Almanza. The Battle of Almanza was a singularly decisive battle, and its effects were long felt. Certainly for three years the Allies remained on the defensive, and languid campaigns were the result of that defeat. Lord Galway, the defeated English general, was recalled from his post and appointed to the command of the English auxiliary troops in Portugal. In his place, as the emperor could not be persuaded to send Prince Eugène, an English and a German general were appointed. Of these two, Stanhope, the Englishman, was the abler. As minister at the court of Charles, he had obtained an intimate acquaintance with the state of affairs in Spain. As a general, we find him usually in favor of bold plans and brave in their execution. Without military genius, he seems to have had respectable talents for war. In later times, he occupied no mean position as prime minister in the reign of George I. Staremberg, his German colleague, was a methodical general, very slow and cautious in his plans, who, without a spark of genius for war, had tried, but in vain, to make up for the deficiency by study. Unsuccessful on the mainland, the Allied generals were more successful in the islands of the Mediterranean. Sardinia declared for Charles almost immediately upon the appearance of the English fleet before it. A more important conquest was that of Minorca. Every winter the English fleet had been obliged to return to England for the winter. On this account, the English government pressed upon the attention of their commanders that they should endeavor to secure some port in the Mediterranean, so as to prevent the necessity for this return. As the attempts on Toulon had hitherto failed, it was suggested that Port Mahan, the harbor of Menorca, considered the best harbor in that part of the sea, would do equally well. Marlborough had strongly advised Stanhope to make an attempt to secure this harbor. I conjure you, if possible, to take Port Mahan. Stanhope found opposition amongst the naval men to this project, for it was known that Port Mahan was strongly defended. He therefore got together transports, embarked his troops, and then sent word to the navy that he was going. The men of war soon followed. His artillery consisted of ships, guns, and mortars. His force amounted to 2,600, including marines. On account of the rocky and steep nature of the coast, it took him twelve days to land his cannon and get it into position, but so vigorous then was his attack that within one day he had effected a breach and made an entry into the outer works, whilst within four days the place had surrendered. Stanhope thought so highly of the harbour which he had thus captured that he filled it only with English troops and advised the English government not to surrender it to the Archduke Charles, but to hold it as security against the large sums of money which he owed them. Charles did not like the plan, but made a virtue of necessity. Meanwhile, Berwick had been succeeded as commander-in-chief of the French forces in Spain by the Duke of Orléans, an ambitious and bad man, whom we have already seen at the siege of Turin. He was nephew of King Louis, 
after his death and during the minority of his successor regent of france and an ancestor of the house of orleans which has given a king to france during this century from him stanhope on returning from minorca received a proposal which the duke of orleans suggested might be made the basis of an arrangement that would finish the war he proposed that the allies should withdraw charles the french philip because neither party would consent to the candidate of the other reigning as king of spain that both parties should then accept in that capacity him the duke of orleans stanhope answered that he could not betray charles but suggested that it might be possible to make an independent kingdom for the duke out of navarre and languedoc part of the south of france where the protestants had been in rebellion this was probably intended to keep the duke quiet at least for a time but his correspondence with the enemy was discovered and carried to king louis and it was impossible that he could any longer be the french general in spain indeed in order to support his negotiations for peace louis had withdrawn or professed to withdraw all his troops from spain he had a way of withdrawing with one hand and giving back with the other it was hinted to the men that they might desert the french for the spanish standards but for the present louis did not send another french general in the spring of the next year the army of portugal which consisted chiefly of portuguese troops but contained also some english regiments under lord galway fought an action on the frontier between spain and portugal at a place called la judina the battle was indeed but a repetition of almanza on a small scale there was the same cowardice on the part of the portuguese horse not shared in any way by their infantry the same personal courage and the same military incapacity in lord galway the same stubborn bravery on the part of the english troops fortunately the battle was on a smaller scale its results were also rendered less serious than they might have been by a threatened attempt by stanhope on cadiz section two the final campaign in the spring of seventeen ten general stanhope succeeded in obtaining from the english government larger forces than had yet been employed in spain using these as arguments he with great difficulty persuaded starenberg his colleague to consent to vigorous action and the archduke charles to make a bold stroke for the crown that might be his he even induced charles to promise that when the army was ready to advance he would join it since almanza the allies had been confined within the single province of catalonia which was always faithful the attempt was now to be made to extend their bounds the river noguera during some part of its course the boundary between catalonia and aragon falls into the segre at ledida and is a branch of the segre which falls into the ebro the spanish army under the command of Villadarias, the gallant veteran who had stirred up the resistance to the allies at cadiz now drawn from retirement by his country's need was prepared to dispute the entrance of the allies into aragon for the greater part of the months of june and july there was no action of importance stanhope was always in favour of bolder counsels and always met with resistance from starenberg and charles at the end of july the allies advanced and had just crossed the river noguera when the enemy came in sight 
the others were still unwilling to fight and about six in the evening the spaniards sent some squadrons of cavalry down the hill as it were to defy the english to an engagement a loud cry of shame broke out from the english ranks stanhope at length obtained a reluctant consent though there was but half an hour's daylight left he drew up his cavalry in two lines and charged himself at their head stanhope himself engaged the general in command of the spanish cavalry and killed him with one blow of his sword this almost homeric incident is portrayed on the medals struck in honour of the battle the charge was wholly successful the enemy was routed and their camp taken philip himself was in great danger and only escaped through the bravery of his friends the half hour was sufficient though stanhope wished for more time if we had had but two hours more of daylight he wrote you may be assured that not one foot-soldier of their army could have escaped if god had granted us wrote one of the subalterns the same favour that he did to joshua to stop the sun two or three hours none of their infantry and very few of their cavalry would have escaped the infantry of the allies was not engaged at all the result of the battle of almenara was that even charles and staudenberg consented to advance but one month later stanhope had almost the same difficulty to induce them to fight again the scene of the next battle was saragossa the ancient capital of aragon famous in later history for its stubborn resistance to the french stanhope managed to take his army across the ebro without any resistance though resistance then might have proved a serious obstacle the armies were separated by a deep ravine their numbers were nearly equal the spanish army being rather the larger and amounting to twenty five thousand the battle of saragossa was fought in full view of the people of the town from which it takes its name the english and allied troops had to fight without their breakfast because the convoys had miscarried the battle began early with cannonading as seems usual in these battles in spain there was a body of portuguese horsemen on the left of the allies who made no resistance to the spaniards opposing them the latter pursued them with impetuosity and thus gave stanhope an opportunity of pressing forward into the gap the main body of the allies fought their way across the ravine some of the spanish newly levied troops ran but one body of veterans would hardly surrender when surrounded cannon and standards fell to the conquerors almanza was avenged that night charles occupied saragossa and there the army rested for a short time charles and his german advisers seemed to wish to remain there but stanhope dwelt upon his instructions that something decisive must be done he wished to advance upon madrid and summon thither the allied army from the other side of spain the army from the command of which galway had just been removed once more stanhope prevailed the knowledge that the campaigns were fought to a great extent by means of english money must have weighed with charles it is characteristic of stanhope's eagerness that on the advance to madrid he himself commanded the vanguard of light horse there was hardly a fortnight's interval between the time when philip left madrid and charles's entry but the difference between the return of the defeated philip and the arrival of the victorious charles was instructive it ought to have taught this lesson 
the lesson repeated in our own day that these castilians were not a people on whom a king could be thrust by the will of foreigners one marvels that charles should have sought to reign over a people who so manifestly hated him once before the allies had occupied madrid and the archduke could not then be persuaded to go thither perhaps it had been better had he then gone and obtained a convincing proof how unpopular he was in that city and how hopeless his cause for the allies were received in madrid on their second visit in the same way as on their first the same affection was displayed for a defeated king which his subjects had been slow to show when he was prosperous the same depths of seemingly sluggish natures were stirred every one who could leave madrid had retired with the king to valladolid delicate and high-born women went on foot rather than stay the streets were empty the shops were shut there was no demonstration of joy unless for payment there were signs of grief on every side this city is a desert charles angrily exclaimed and left it thus the cause of the heretics as the allies were called was at its worst just when it seemed to be most successful they could with difficulty obtain supplies in madrid the enemy's light horse cut off foraging parties the allied army in portugal was then under a portuguese general for its new english commander galway's successor had not yet arrived and it could not be induced to move notwithstanding these difficulties stanhope determined to winter in these parts with his headquarters at toledo it was said that as charles left madrid the inhabitants rang the bells for joy the position of the allies however in castile became more and more untenable charles himself was anxious to return to his queen at barcelona he started off with an escort of two thousand horsemen a force which as the allies had before been weak in cavalry they were ill able to spare it was now determined that they should return to catalonia but on account of the difficulty in obtaining supplies the troops were divided into three bodies which were to be marched at the distance of some thirty miles apart it was hoped that they would thus be able to draw supplies from the wider range of country the catalans and portuguese marched on the right Starenberg with the germans in the centre stanhope and his english on the left in most wars it is found that successful armies increase while defeated armies have a tendency to dwindle yet since the defeat at saragossa philip's army had grown that of the allies had dwindled such was the effect of castilian pride of spanish enthusiasm moreover louis had no longer reason even to appear to withhold help from philip he did not send him soldiers but he sent him a general he sent vendome the general who had lost udenarda because he was no match for marlborough but he could win victories in spain for neither stanhope nor starenberg was a match for him the faults in vendome's character have been noticed before this was an occasion when anxious for his reputation he exerted himself to the utmost the indolent marshal showed vigour such as none other had shown he was with his army and on the alert when the allies marched towards valencia 
when once they were retreating he marched after them at an incredible pace he first came upon stanhope and the english in the town of briuera where they had stopped for the purpose of baking bread the english had no notion that vendome was so near never expecting that the spanish troops could march so swiftly stanhope does not seem to have even stationed the usual outposts first some horsemen showed themselves on the heights above briera which is a small town with an old moorish wall and almost surrounded by hills next but on the same day infantry appeared with difficulty could stanhope send an aide-de-camp to inform starenberg of his position for vendome's troops quickly infested the town the night was spent by vendome in preparations for an attack while stanhope prepared for defence the english built barricades in the street made loopholes for musketry and passages from house to house they had no artillery and every street was commanded by vendome's cannon a summons to surrender was met with a refusal but a breach was soon made in the old moorish wall when the spanish troops entered the town there followed a street fight the english making a most stubborn resistance when their ammunition was all spent they fought with the bayonet until seeing that further resistance was useless stanhope capitulated the troops became prisoners of war upon honourable terms meanwhile where was starenberg he had received the message from stanhope's aide-de-camp but had apparently delayed until he could call in the right wing when on the morning after the siege he came near to briuera he heard no firing and therefore understood that stanhope had capitulated the spanish army was now manifestly the stronger in numbers but was fatigued after the severe fighting of the previous day yet vendome was anxious for a battle starenberg was not to prevent the retreat of the german marshal vendome ordered a charge of the royal guards philip himself headed it and fired by his presence the spanish cavalry upon the right entirely routed their opponents and captured their cannon this wing was carried too far in the pursuit and meanwhile starenberg himself upon the german right was leading a triumphant charge followed by another equally successful on the centre he recovered his own and captured all the spanish cannon then the victorious spanish right returned from their pursuit and the battle was renewed until night put an end to it the battle which is usually called after the small town of via viciosa may be counted as drawn the spanish lost all their artillery but had captured some standards on the night after the battle philip's baggage had not come up and there was no bed for his majesty you shall have the most glorious bed that ever monarch slept on said vendome as he sent for the captured standards and had them spread before him starenberg certainly even if the battle be counted his was in no position to profit by it early next morning he spiked all the cannon and retreated quickly harassed on his march almost as far as barcelona which he entered with seven thousand men the sorry remnant of the army of the allies this was the last campaign in spain madrid twice occupied and twice abandoned for the same reason the allies saw that it was impossible to hold spain for charles as long as the feeling of the spaniards remained unchanged and when the news was brought to louis he also felt that no other attempt would be made 
that the point for which he had been fighting was gained. His grandson would remain king of Spain. So there was joy at Versailles, and men sang before the king a song of triumph. End of section 12